What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Stakes is High. I am your host, Jones. Uh, I want to thank everyone for who listened to the last episode. I want to give a special thanks to Connor. Um, a lot of people uh, enjoyed that episode. A lot of people thought I should have been on attack a little more, but I wanted to let him um, express his views and give his opinion you know, just like he did, I didn't want it to turn into a debate or an argument because with with doing that, a lot of times people, um, they 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 will hide their honesty. So I wanted to let him talk and I wanted him to let the audience hear his uh, stereotypes and his uh, point of view. So once again, I want to spend a um, send a special shout out to him. I want to I want to thank a few people who are uh, consistent listeners um, I want to thank uh, Went Town. What's going on, man? I, I appreciate the reviews and the constant feedback. Jetty Main, what's up, bro? Um, Sherry in Wisconsin, I want to thank you uh, for the listens. You, um, She's been playing it in her salon, and she's been getting a lot of feedback. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to uh, Crystal. Crystal, what's going on? Um, Crystal's been a great mentor to me, especially when it comes to the show. She gives um, great feedback. Um, you know, she ev- she's even given me a lot of these topics that we're talking about, or even just some um, some of the um, what should I say? I guess just some of the point of views that I should be uh, given about these topics. So, Crit, I want to thank you. Love you. Um, my next guest. Um, she's been a great uh, friend of mine. She's a very um, intelligent. She gives me a lot of feedback to the shows. An intelligent person. Yes, please put your gum out. <laughs> she's been on. A, she's been actually. She's been on the grit. So I want to thank her for coming back. Uh, she's a consistent listener. What's going on, Penny? What's up, Jones? <laughs> thank you for having me back. Yeah, she's a, she's an educator. Uh, you know, she's an, she's can. I think she's going to be able to give a lot of great feedback to this episode. And she's uh, invited a, a good friend of hers. Go ahead, Penny, give that uh, introduction. I'm very excited to introduce my good friend. Um, he is uh, one of the the most inspirational people that I know in education. Um, innovative. Hardworking, um, just really uh, a credit to our um, profession. I'm very excited that he agreed to be a part of this podcast, Mr. Patrick Jones. Well, thank you, Penny. I appreciate that. Um, boy, I almost dropped a tear there. <laughs> um, I say thank you for having me on, Jones. Thank you, Penny, for inviting me along. I love the name of the podcast, Stakes is High. Ah, there it so is. Plug one, plug two. There it is. Appreciate so, you. <laughs> um, Definitely, I'm hoping I can. I'm hoping I can uh, bring something to the conversation, and I thank you guys for inviting me. All right, um, let's. Well, what I want to name this show. Well, I, let me get to the first topic, and then I guess the first topic is just kind of. I guess it's in fun. I did something this week that uh, I said I wasn't going to ever do, but I end up doing it, and I've been getting mixed reviews about it. So, what'd you do? What'd you do? I joined Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ooh, man. Necessity Ooh, almost. Uh, <laughs> man. So, I, well, let's talk about it because 
I've been like I said, I've been getting mixed, mixed reviews about it. It's kind of exactly what I thought it was. Um, do, do both of you guys have Facebook? I do. I do too. Well, let's talk. What do you guys think about Facebook? I think it's interesting because I think people get to show you, for the most part, at least my friends that are on Facebook, the best of themselves, which I mm-hmm. think is one of the. I think that's one of the best parts of Facebook. So you get to keep up with friends or or people that you went to school with. And you get to see the best of whatever's going on in their lives. And sometimes you get to, you know, pray for them or whatever the case may be, whatever they're going through. I think people use it as a public forum to exhibit what they feel is uh, the best of who they are. And I think that's an important part of life because people do that all the time. But I think we get to do it in a multimedia way now that kind of gives humans just in general an opportunity to connect with each other on a different level. Okay, Penny. I mean, I almost want to call Facebook fake book for yeah. the exact mm. reasons that yeah. uh, Patrick just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. you do get to see the best of people, but I don't know if it's their true best or their... Oh, they're faking. Yeah. It's their, okay. Their imagination's best. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. and, and you know what? I, I totally agree. I have been looking at Facebook and been like, come on, are you serious yeah. right now? Yeah. They're faking. So I, I guess the good, like you said, the good is being able to keep in contact with yeah. family and friends and um, people that you haven't seen you haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. But I think as soon as I log on to the log on to Facebook, as soon as I click sign in, mm-hmm. I'm entering the matrix. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so fake. I I just it's almost it just seems so. I, I, I get it. It almost upsets me just because I'm like, that's not you. But I'm almost okay with that because I think people give you the same thing when you meet them in person, right? You, Chris Rock says you never meet the actual person. You always meet their representative, right? But this right. is the thing. You can't put a filter in real life. Yeah, you can. Nah, you could oh, put yeah. a, you, Who would everybody think Ben Carson was? You see what I'm saying? Or, or then Bill he came Cosby. out acting real crazy. <laughs> or Bill Cosby. Yeah. I mean, just name him. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty no. sure the Oklahoma bomber, somebody thought he was a decent human being before he killed all them people. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, I think when you meet someone on a – when I meet someone and I just see, I see him for that five minutes, I, I'm not going to – of course, like you said, you're going to mm-hmm. meet that representative. But what I mean is on Facebook, you can mm-hmm. create this image you of can. someone that you're totally not by Absolutely. just the image – present the pre- presentation that they're going to give Absolutely. so i mean just in the pictures so you're going to see them with the money you're going to see the filters of their face yeah. being clear you're going to see the filters of <laughs> right. you know the whatever you want whatever they want to portray right that's what they show yeah. on facebook but i think that only works if you if you trusted that everybody was on the up and up to begin with i think my thing is you know and we talked briefly about upbringing for a little bit just a little while ago before we went on the air I never trust anybody for who they say they are. And so even even when people come out as something different, it doesn't really surprise me because I know people are always working on an angle, whether it's conscious or subconsciously. And so it's not that they're bad people. It's that people are multifaceted. So what you're seeing is, in a sense, fake, but it's who they want to be or who they are in that moment. And who they are in another moment is someone entirely differently. Someone entirely different, I'm sorry. But that doesn't mean that they aren't that person, too. Gotcha. But this is the problem that I have with it. It's more so, yes, you're coming in being more realistic to what you're portraying once you click on the Facebook. The problem I have is that people are fronting so hard on Facebook that it becomes their reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the problem what happened fakeality yeah so yeah. so what happens is it's not even only that not i mean we've always seen it let's just say before facebook we had the myspace even before myspace i think there was like a black planet or right. something planet, like that right. <laughs> be on there with them bars. that's probably telling us how old we are yeah but the thing is it seems like in this generation it seems like it's so much more because before before we had the social networking, it was a little hard to portray something you weren't. Mm-hmm. We just had to say, we had to look at Turn On MTV and say, oh, these rappers are living it big. Right. That was the only mm-hmm. unrealistic thing that we thought was reality, and we just tried to be that person. Now yeah. it seems like people are creating these images or mm-hmm. the creating this character it's so much more. It's like it's so. Much, it's a larger level now right. to where people are just. I I've seen someone on there sitting next to a. Um, this guy was sitting next to a. It was like a Maybach. He just literally seen a Maybach in a parking lot, and that's his. That's his screen, like his yeah. front page picture. Right. Yeah. And you're thinking like, if I didn't know him, I'm like, man. Right. Yeah. This dude is... But this is all, I mean, right. what the re- Roots had a song called What They Do on, uh, what was that album? Illidale Half-Life. Dope video. And uh, <laughs> they talked about that, rappers doing that in their videos. You know what I'm saying? They had the little screenshot, this house was rented. Yeah, like a little pop-up video. And yeah. people still do that. You know, you can't buy all those things on the rappers. I think, I think what's sad salary. is not just the misrepresentation of people's lives, but the effect that has on other people looking at that. Yeah. You know, so... That's what I, that's so, my point. So, for instance, um, I know quite a few people who um, have situations going on in their life, but when they go on Facebook, um, their statuses, their posts say something totally different. Exactly. So I would have had just had a conversation yeah. about someone possibly facing divorce. Yeah. But if I go on Facebook, I, love my boo. I mean, you know, me this Bae. is our 15th wedding anniversary. Yeah. You're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm like, you just got through crying to me about this, you know, how terrible this person was treating you. And so then you have other people looking at that going, everybody's relationship is perfect except mine. Yeah. And that is not the case at all. Yeah, you know, it's, it's created a platform for regular people to live this unrealistic life. Yeah. You know, like we said, we look at, like I, I looked at, I looked at um, a lot of the social media. I've, all, I've had Instagram for a while because I've appreciated pictures and just, you know, there's not a lot of words in that. But what, what I look at now is like you said, people will, you know, I, one of the things that it really bothers me when people see, they see like, let's say, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z taking this this picture that they posed for and it almost mm-hmm. looks like they're really walking down the beach and it's, their, it's a still image of them walking down the beach where they probably mm-hmm. posed for that picture. Mm-hmm. But people put relationship goals. Yeah. Like, it, that bothers yeah. me so bad, man, because think, is that really a, you know, is yeah. that your goal, you know? Yeah. Some yeah. of those things don't really bother me. The positivity, even the fake positivity doesn't really bother me because I think self-affirmations, self-affirm- if used properly, are really powerful. Telling yourself where you want to be and who you want to be, sharing that with the world, I think is, you know, it's up to each, it's each, to each his own with that. But I think what's really dangerous about Facebook is if something goes wrong in your life or something is perceived as negative, airing out somebody else to the world when it may or may not be true because you're seeing it from your lens. I feel like... That's probably the most dangerous part to me because then I start to see somebody in another light and that may or may not be true. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, we really have to be careful with how we perceive people based on that uh, 
rather than the positive. I'd rather see everybody I see in a positive light, even though I naturally look at them in a step, skeptical fashion. But um, I'd love to see everybody in a positive light. And I think sometimes some people put some things out there that aren't necessarily true or some things that they want to slander somebody about. And I think that's one of the most dangerous parts for me. It's also the most entertaining part of Facebook, too. Yeah. <laughs> Ratchet book. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just can't. I don't. I get overwhelmed with it. It's so much because, of course, I'm new to it. So mm-hmm. it's basically I've gotten a million and one, you know, just yeah. because people see you new on there. They so I've gotten a million and, and one. ready. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things, uh, one, of the, one of the guys I followed, he was like, you know, welcome, welcome to Facebook. Just stay positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I just seen one of the few of the things before I even got on, I just heard uh, a couple friends of mine just tell me about other people just basically airing out their dirty laundry yeah. right on Facebook. It's like, that's yeah. amazing to me how, yeah. you know. It's rough. One of the things, um, I, I guess I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys notice, like, um, that a lot of people who live their life on Facebook – is it is it me or do you guys think like when you look at those people were those people the people that weren't cool in high school? Have you noticed that it's almost like it turns into their time to be cool like they weren't in high school? Like this is my time to to be. I think some of them, yes. Yeah, you some, know, some but I've some seen not. That. I've seen some very popular people right. just live on Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The ones I noticed were the weird. ones that just like okay, this is my this is my time to be. The Whoever popular kid be. in high yeah. school. Now recreate myself. I can recreate who I am right. and I can be popular because I have a thousand friends and you only have 200. Yeah. And, you know, my yeah. kid gets straight A's. Like, you know, from yeah. what I've seen, if you was corny in real life, you corny on Facebook. You, just, <laughs> you, don't, know, you don't know how to do it. You can't, to, you can't people, get it. You I've can't seen get people it. be cool. On I mean, they might think they're cool on Facebook, but, <laughs> but it's looking like real corny. corny. <laughs> yeah. It's looking real corny. And yeah. so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's one thing. I mean, speaking of dude, for me, I was never really that super cool guy. So I'm on Facebook. I just am who I, I can only be who I, I remember one time when I was in school, you know what I'm saying, I wanted to get all the nice clothes, and I went out. It was it, I grew up in Compton, so one of the uh, it was uh, A&Q Men's Shop. I went to A&Q Men's Shop, got fresh to death, got all the clothes, right. and I wore them to school. First day I got them, and I just didn't feel like me. You know, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I had to go home and take them off. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I had to be who I was because mm-hmm. it came off as wrong. You know gotcha, what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so some people on Facebook, if you was corny in school, you you gonna be corny on Facebook. It don't yeah. work. You ain't no faking on that. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. you know, I just I seen some of the people that post constantly all day, and I just yeah. start I start looking at the pattern, and uh, you know, and and before I got on, you know, and I, I talked to a friend of mine about it, and she told me, and she kind of made that statement. I was like, you know what? That's that's probably right. And I start looking. I'm like, yeah, this dude was not. He was the quiet dude that mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, very outspoken. Gave him voice. All of a sudden, you gave yeah. this person a voice, and he can throw a couple filters. He can give his best angle of the picture. Yeah. And now I'm popular because, you know, I you have. lost all that weight. Yeah. 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 And get bench pressed by 500. Yeah. So you say. Yeah. So you say. You know yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's, it's yeah. just kind of weird, you know. But yeah. I think one of the weirdest parts for me, though, is that we're no longer living life. Like, living life is no longer important. Reporting on life Reporting is the most important thing. Reporting on life, yeah. And mm. I think that's scary yeah, for that's me because, true phenomenon. you know, we, we have to start living life because that's how we get to know people. Right. Like, I'm not huge on friends, but I think 
Penny, you know, she she'll pull me up out of my shell. Like, come on, we going to blah blah blah. Tell yeah. your wife we going. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you gotta talk to her because yeah. I don't really do stuff like that. And we get it done. Yeah, yes, but the women. So, okay, but <laughs> you know, for me, you know, John Mayer, you know, wrote a song "No More Three by Fives. I think it was John Mayer. Anyway, you know, the song is basically about stop taking pictures about what you're doing, stop broadcasting about what you're Being doing, and let's just live a life. Yeah, you just know? live it. Talking about, did you see the sunrise? No, nah, I didn't see it because I was posting it on Facebook. Yeah, you got to see that. That's thing. the scary see part the of beauty. Facebook. For you know me. what I'm saying? Yeah, just people yeah. wanting to do things just so they can post about it and not really truly enjoy it. That's right. Like, I just got through having a girls' weekend. We did all kind of amazing stuff, and I really had to be intentional about not doing that mm-hmm. because right. if you stay on Facebook enough or you're, you know, you're looking at people's posts, you really think in terms of Facebook. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, we're in. Um, Penny school right now, so <laughs> <laughs> those young people better have yeah. a sponsor. They better have a sponsor and get to them. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah I, I I I think I agree. You know, I think I've um, I don't go out a lot, but a few times that I've been out since you know social media has gotten big, mm-hmm. it's just like you're walking through the club and everyone has their phone out, yeah. catching that snapshot of you know the reality, right? Yeah. And I think that's what happened. We've turned into a society of snapshot. It's just yeah. like. It's catch it now. Yeah. You know, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm more turnt than you right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the, so. And the facts are always, there's like you're cataloging what the facts are all the time. And I think one of the beauty of ancient cultures is sometimes the facts weren't appropriately cataloged. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sometimes the written language wasn't there. And so you had to pass it down with the verbal language. There's something important about that. There's something important about the mysticism and the magic of that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you, even if you just like, you look at some of our greatest heroes. You know, I mean, you know, Jesus, there's nothing that he didn't have anything in writing. He's nothing. You just have to have your your belief or even just like, you know, this was crazy. Yeah. Like, son, let me tell you about that. Jesus, son, (laughs) made that lady see son, or that one or that one guy in New York, the goat. Man, He could touch. He could take a quarter off the top of the. That's right. Off the top of the backboard. But (laughs) there's no footage of that. (laughs) Probably look more like he shook the goalpost. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) and it fell down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's now we the, the imagination is just like you know yeah. I have to see it and one of the things I, I do see and what I, I like you know I love sports so um, I try to follow like high school you know yeah. talents and stuff like that so a lot of that is the image the the footage of that's on TV now like you can see a guy out in California yeah that's the number one recruit before you used to hear about him but now you can look him up but mm-hmm. one of the things with it being such a um, we talking about a new. I mean, that's new. Yeah, because yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. a guy that he he went maybe number one to Cleveland, and he was from University of Memphis, and they were talking about him like he was crazy, like he scored eighty on boys. Yeah, and he get to yeah. the NBA like his name was Dewan Wagner, I think. He's I from remember New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And I'm like, you see him in the NBA, it's like, yeah, he all right. Yeah, you know? but yeah, yeah and, I remember Dewan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and the thing is, look at Fanny. She said no, she don't. She just lied to us right here. <laughs> I wanted to be a part. <laughs> He's a white guy, right? Yeah, sure. See, she lied. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what ha- I, I follow these guys, and I mean this guy can do a move, and he can jump over a dude and dunk. Yeah, but we've seen that so often. It's just like, mm-hmm. all right, and the crowd just sits there with a straight face. I'm yeah. like, that's crazy, you know. <laughs> Before we saw this on, you know, Instagram or Facebook, yeah, every five minutes, you know, desensitized. Yeah, to you're it. just like, all right, that's that's all right, yeah. that's straight, you yeah. know. So. Freakish ability. Yeah. yeah. Um. I know, Patrick, you don't have a lot of time, man, so I kind of want to go into, but let's just, one of the things that I want to talk about, another part of what I want to talk about, and I guess we can just kind of look at 
um, the image that's been what do you think is what do you think the image and just uh, uh, lack of reality what do you think is doing to the kids because I think that's one of the things yeah. because we're talking I guess I think we're we've kind of been talking more so on an adult level yeah. with our friends and you know we're all over right. 30 you know pushing 40 so we've, we're talking about that let's talk about what it's doing to the kids I mean before we talk about the kids we, we could say it even affects us you watch a TV show today you watch somebody like go into their apartment. It's just like ridiculous. I can't afford any of that stuff in any of those apartments on TV, right? When you saw like Mama's Family, like back in the day at Jefferson's, be like, ah, Mama could maybe get that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see apartments today, like look at, I don't know, even somewhere where somebody ain't a drug dealer, they're just a regular person, they just got a job, like you and me. You walk in like this is just ridiculous. Everything's new age. Look like it came from IKEA three. Yeah. Where call it. <laughs> but when we talk about the kids, I think this lack of reality. Is extremely dangerous because I think, you know, we we deal with young people who feel entitled. Um, they feel like the stuff is just going to come to them. There's no way to work for it. They don't mm-hmm. understand the concept of work. Yeah. Not to say that we fully did either, but they surely don't. And so, you know, even with my own kids, I have to address that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like my deal is you live in my house, you pay rent. And, you know, sometimes that rent just don't look like money. Sometimes that rent looks like you're going to practice this math or you're going to write this paper or you're going to write this research. But you got to pay rent to live in my house. you got to earn your draws. That's my saying. So, you know what I'm saying, you don't know how to earn your draws. I'm going to put you out in the wilderness with no draws on. you got to earn your way back to my house. You come Mm -hmm. back with a loincloth on, eating honey and locusts like John the (laughs) Baptist, and you earn your way back in my house. But if you don't know how to pay rent, then you can't live here. And so... I think that that thing has desensitized them to understanding what it means to earn something and what yeah. it means to live somewhere. And that's not all young people, but I think uh, that's the direction we're moving in. Gotcha, gotcha. There's a, a lot of conflict, I think, that, that really gets sensationalized with kids via social media, Facebook. Um, particularly, I've had to deal with so many in-school conflicts because of social media, mm, you know, man. and it goes on and on because, like, in our school um, – we encourage the kids not to have phones, but they have their phones. And they so if do. there's a conflict going they on, they are inboxing about it. They're posting about it. Why and can't it's we just, just make it a, a rule not to have phones? It is so impossible. I got that rule in my school. <laughs> it's so impossible. But they still have it. <laughs> no, no, no. No, there are some schools they that they don't have the phones okay. or they hide them real well. But yeah, why in would most you, why public schools, schools, why would you let them have phones? Because I think the fight is so great, and if hey, you don't have parents, man, yeah, if you don't have some Listen. courageous school leaders, yeah, parents will demand it. Parents will tell their kids, if anybody asks for your phone, don't give it to them. Just don't do it. Yeah, so we're we're fighting against man, that's a whole. Crazy. And let me tell you, these phones to these kids are like their arm or their legs. Yeah. You take their phone. I've seen kids flip all the way out about their phone. Oh, for sure. For we yeah. just think differently about our kids than we did. Like, so you know, my mama was like, "Don't call me. You call my. You call." Listen, right. You called that lady. You had to be prepared for something to come down on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't call that lady at work because if you call <laughs> her, she's going to lose her job. If she lose her job, you're going to lose your life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These kids, they, listen, I need to call my mama. Right. You ain't treating me right. I'm calling my mama. And so, I mean, it's just, it's just a different level. And the parents want them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, call me right. if right. the principal's not doing something right for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get it to a certain extent because I think it ties into that Facebook piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's that instant post, that instant gratification. The yeah. parents need that instant information as yeah. well. And so that's microwave society. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, let's give it to me now. Yeah. I need it hot right now. Even that's with right. raising children. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm glad we talked. I'm, I'm kind of glad that's where it went because one of the things I want to kind of, I kind of want to segue into the next topic. I want to talk about, um, and this is a thing that's, this is something that's kind of, 
you know, it's 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 always been something that I, I worry about, especially with raising a kid. Um, I want to talk about the, basically raising a cul-de-sac kid. Mm-hmm. So, just to kind of give the listeners what I mean, what I want, what I mean by that is. So a lot of us, like myself, you know, and I, my guests here, uh, Penny and Patrick, both have, we kind of talked beforehand. N- we, we didn't have it, growing up, we didn't have it easy. Mm-hmm. So not with, not, yeah, with not having I loved it, it. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, when I, I look back and I, I'm happy to what, what it, at home my, my upbringing, <laughs> you know, I feel, recently, <laughs> <laughs> my upbringing, I think it's, uh, it's made me who I am today, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, so with with the struggles and with the um the the people saying no or people not having it you yeah. focused on i have to work hard yeah. so i can get out of this situation and i don't have to live this situation and with doing that when you have kids you say hey i don't want my kids to go through what yeah, I went through. Struggle, yeah. So I'm going to move out. I'm going to move out the hood. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them, hey, I don't want you to ever worry about going in the refrigerator and there's no food there. That's right. I don't ever want you to worry about turning on these lights and you be like, uh-oh, we got to get the candles. Right. I don't want to ever worry about turning on the oven and heating the house because the electric's out or, right. you know, anything like that. So, but the problem with that, I, I think, and maybe you guys, and this is kind of where I want to go with it. What type of kid are we creating? Because all we know is what made us strong. Mm-hmm. Now we're working hard to basically give them what made give them everything that they need mm-hmm. to basically avoid what made us strong. Yeah. You know, so I mean what do you guys what what I'm gonna be clear, I thought we were raising <laughs> punks. Until I saw them boys from the University of Missouri, let me tell you, yeah. I was like, man, we ain't going to never get this civil rights movement back on track. Then I saw them young men get up, and so I'm really proud of them. Yeah. But do you know yeah. that they didn't ha- – did they? do you know where they came from? But you see what I'm saying? Because I'm the thing is, I'm talking sure about us personally. The kid has any difference from the hood kid these days. I mean, ah, listen, this, this is my argument. This is my argument. They're the same kid because – Everything is accessible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember there was a time where, you know what I'm saying, I'm from the hood. Look, I looked up. I was like, Mama, I want a Nintendo. Negro, you can't you can't get no Nintendo. You know what I'm saying? Now you go in the hood. Everybody got Xbox Ones. I but, remember there was a time you say Xbox in the hood, and you'd be like, what's that? Right. That sounds like some type of alien shit. But, but <laughs> I, it's, not, it's not really, I mean, I get you on the materialistic thing. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, I remember back in the day, you know, people, we, we have to, let's, People still had this, the. They had ways. There was homeboys selling them out the trunk. Yes, yeah, people mm-hmm. still had the man. materialistic yeah. thing, they although had, their they bills weren't paid. It was a fake coogee. Yeah, they yeah. still you know had, you know, and, you know, I think we've been, you know, us as a culture, we've always been a consumer of material. We found a way. We found yeah. a way. But Slaves, what, but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is the point of what I'm saying is that. We are given. We're working hard to where we can give our kids choices. Mm-hmm. Hey, you making sure your homework's getting done because if this basketball don't work out, now mm-hmm. you have your academic scholarship. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids in the hood, all I have is my basketball. All I have is football. That's not real. So their though. fight, for, so their fight is going to be a little bit different. That's than the not co- real. That's what somebody's telling them. All they have is their basketball. But, Negro, you learn how to read. I'm not just saying that. That's just not just black people. 
that's every people who are oppressed. Now right? we understand you know they have more, mm-hmm. but the thing is, what's being presented to them? Mm-hmm. Because we had to work hard to say, I know there's more out there. Yeah. But I know friends that grew up with me. They went the other direction because Correct. maybe they didn't have that person to put their arm around their shoulder and be like, man, there's another way. Right. Or they just didn't have the fight to say, yeah. you know what, man, I get, I'm, move, I'm getting out of this situation. Yeah. You can go back home right now. You probably know guys that you grew up with that's in that same position oh, yeah, that their daddy was in. Mm-hmm. I know them all. You know? Yeah. But, but I think, you know, like I said, I began with I love the hood. And I'm not, that's real. I love black people. I love the people I grew up with. I love Latinos. I grew up with Latinos and black folks. There were no white people in my neighborhood at all. And so I loved that because I got to be around my people. I love being around my people. And so for me, it, I look at it in a sense of, I mean, what other... Now, do people in those communities need to make some better choices? Sure. And are some circumstances conducive to making some poor choices? Absolutely. But I think no other place will you get that concentration of people in the same place. And for them growing up as a kid in that neighborhood, loving each other in that way. I I just recently heard Nikki Giovanni say the black community is one of the most loving communities in the world. She joked that if a Martian flew down to the black community, they'd be like, hey, Martian, what's your name? Timbuktu? Get Timbuktu a drink, man. He's good to go. And I think... You know, if we if we look at our communities in that way and if we try to uplift our communities, then we can really do some damage in terms of eradicating this idea of a cul-de-sac kid versus a ghetto kid and start saying that really this is a, 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 a black community kid, a Latino community kid, and we can really start to uplift our communities as opposed to moving out of our communities because – I mean, I, I just love the way our communities operate for me. That's just how I, I feel mean, about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's Except for the crime. I don't like crime. It's okay. No good. So, go ahead, Penny. Did you, I mean. No, go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. I get it. I I totally understand where you're coming from. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, I, I really respect the, um, the inspiration behind it. And, mm-hmm. and you're totally right. But let's, let's get back to reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not. There goes you're, gravity. Yeah, you're not you're not sending your kids to that school. Mm-hmm. You're not going to move back to that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, hey, I'm working hard and I want to be able to give my kids a better life than what I had. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, because, yes, reality, if we pull up everybody, the black community. Yes, that sounds good because that's that that, that would be mm-hmm. I think it's possible. But let's just look at the reality of today. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so so your question was that that kid that lives in Fishers, what's up with them? The kid. Right? The, so what I'm saying is that if we want to move out, okay, we say, hey, we're moving out to Fishers because I want to look at the school system, right? I want to, or I want to send my kid to a private school, mm-hmm. or what it is. I want to go to a nicer neighborhood so I don't have to worry about my next door neighbor stealing my TV, which right. can happen in Fishers. But Happened what I'm saying is, sure. yeah, yeah, but they know all my stuff. Yeah, but first time I've been robbed too. So I just want to. I mean, what what do you do? How do you grasp these kids? To having the push and the grind that you had to get where you got. You know, when you first told me about about the topic, Jones, we talked about it. um, I immediately thought about uh, our our hip-hop culture and our rappers who um, have fought hard, I think, to to create a life for themselves. Um, 
doing just what you said, offering an opportunity to their children not to have that same struggle. Um, they brag about in their songs, right? I grew up in Brooklyn, I grew up wherever, but they their kids, uh huh, their kids aren't going to have that same experience. Yeah. And if you watch some of the reality shows, sometimes you look and you're like, you, you, your child is spoiled. Your child is, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and you know they're talking yeah. a certain way and acting a certain way that seems so. Um, fake to me, you know, Um, and then you have the the parent wrapping these uh, different realities, you know, from what the child experiences. So you do look at it like, okay, you've given them money, you've given them things, you've given them a different lifestyle, but have you given them grit? Have you given them a character that is resilient, you know? But let me ask you guys a question. So I think that's the balance. Let me ask you guys a question. I mean, because there there is... Um, I was telling you guys early, I wish I would have got the coach's name, but there is a D1 coach, like a mm-hmm. big coach right now, who will not go to, he will not go to uh, cul-de-sac neighborhoods, meaning yeah. nice neighborhoods, and recruit. He goes to the hood. He yeah. goes to that kid that has that grind. He will yeah. give blood, sweat, and tears for, hey, I want this scholarship, and I'm going to do everything I can. Yeah. you know. But let me ask you guys a question, going back to what you were just saying. Do you think that you can take your kids right now, you know, we all have kids, do you think that you can say, take them, in, for the way you've been raising them right now, mm-hmm. do you think that you can take, put them in the situation you were in growing up, do you think they can survive it? I'm not I, for I, sure. I don't, I don't think I one thing I did is I, I tried I to keep I, my kids. Look, I'm, I'm thinking like, uh. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to keep my kids grounded in that. So, you know, I live in Indianapolis, but I live in Pike Township. And so one of the things I try to do is have my kids play sports in in the parks, in the Indianapolis park system. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they play baseball at Riverside, so they're around Riverside kids and right, stuff right. like that, which, Make I mean, them they better. were all yeah. cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Riverside program was good. Shout out to Coach Mike. He's a great coach. Uh, made them play well. But, you know, there's a incident recently uh, with the last last season with the baseball team that made me want to say, Look, I probably need to start looking for another team. So now he plays for a team that's prime. I mean, he's the only black kid on the team. So my question has never been how does he fit in with the kids from Riverside, but how does he fit in with the kids over at Mount Vernon? You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like he could relate to them. Now, I don't know the true answer to that. I mean, I see him with the kids from Riverside. He's good. He could be himself. He isn't quite connected with the kids from Mount Vernon yet, mm-hmm. you know. But I think the issue is, you know, what, what's the parent like? You know what I'm saying? What, what are you doing in your house? Kids in my house, I'm, like I said, I'm from Compton. We make trips back to the hood. We got to go. We go to Riverside. We still practice at Riverside. And, you know, dad is crazy. So I know. know. I, I, and, I, and I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. I think that we are preparing them preparing our kids for reality of life. But Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, even with doing that, do you think that you can take your kids right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. in the harsh time that you ever had? For example, with me, Mm -hmm. I just go with my example. Um, Grew up, mother got hooked on crack when Mm -hmm. I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a point in time to where, you know, she smoked all night. So I'm getting up in fourth grade like, "Uh uh-oh, I got to get myself dressed. I have to get myself to school. I have to... If if a teacher sends some paperwork home, I have to forge to her signature. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to tell like, that business. My thing is, like I'm working hard way. right now mm-hmm. to where my son will never even have to worry about that. Yeah. So could I put my son back in there? I don't. He won't survive that. He wouldn't because yeah. 
I'm working hard to where he doesn't even have to think about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't so, know. I, I think, think, I think, I think you can adapt to yeah. any situation, though, yeah. and I think the human spirit is resilient. Yeah. I, I don't know if my kids would immediately um, know what to do in any situation, but well, I they think... Would, yeah, they would I, have to. But I, I know at least one could. of your kids will say, I'll figure this out. Ex- yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they're savvy enough, you know, that I've talked to them a whole lot about life period. And I, I think it goes back to Patrick's point. It's not so much, for me, it's not what I'm giving them, it's what I'm putting inside of them. You know, right. who are you as a person? Yeah. Um, what, what what type of woman are you trying to be? What type of man are you trying to be? And and so for me, you know, that's that's what's most important. Um, and I, and I, I am very careful about how much I shelter my kids. I want to keep them protected, but I don't mm-hmm. want to shelter them right. to the point where they cannot maneuver the world. Right. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. from an early age, my kids go in there and go find this. Here's the list. Go get this. You know, just little yeah. things like that that helps them be more independent. For real. But I don't, I don't think that I, I would want them yeah. to have to be in a situation, you know, where they have to kind of survive like, like we did. Um, I so I can appreciate that. Yeah, Ultimately, yeah. we're talking about resilience, and resilience looks different in different people, you know what I'm saying? So in the hood, I mean, the, the circumstances are obvious that you, you know, were, in which you're going to have to exhibit resilience. I think on a cul-de-sac, the circumstances are a little different. I think some of those circumstances in terms of uh, taking care of yourself have to be fabricated a little bit because it won't be there authentically. Right. But uh, I think parents do need to do a good job. I think sometimes, even say with sports, we need to train our kids up to know that, you know, this sport is not – my my sport is not your sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, I play baseball. My son plays baseball. Honestly, I didn't push him to play baseball like that. Mm-hmm. He was playing soccer at first. My wife right. asked him if he wanted to play baseball. Gotcha. And I could help you with that. Yeah. But I think too many parents are saying, like, hey, we got a game. We don't have a game. He got a game. <laughs> right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. He got to yeah. get his helmet ready. He got to right. get his bat ready. Yeah. He got to right. get his glove ready. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, if you want to play baseball, these are things you gotta do. Now I'm gonna sit on this couch. <laughs> you tell me when yeah. you're ready. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and I yeah. think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think as humans we will adapt. But I just think that one of the things that um, uh, a buddy of mine we used to when we used to date girls, one of the things you know we had a checklist. You know, yeah. back when we were younger. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I used to always think, like I would always say, my che- one of the che- things on my checklist with a, with a girl outside of the looks is, I want a girl who has had to struggle. Yeah. Because in that, even just like, if you look at it now, people who've had to struggle, they understand. They don't break down. They don't stress. They say, hey, what's going to be all right? We're going to work it out. Right. So I think that with what I'm saying with that is that I think with kids, I think what's going to happen with a lot, a lot of the kids that we had, you know, I, I don't think any of us are in here super rich, but I don't. You know, I won't let my son see me crack. I'm going to be like, all right, I'll close the door and cry. But sometimes, man, it's just like, are we, what are we raising? Are we raising? But I've had to step away from that. When I, my my oldest is, um, is 14. Is that he's right? A thug. I'm sorry. He's 15. Man, academic thug. He is an academic thug. That's my baby. That's my dude right there. <laughs> yeah. But um, but when when I first had him uh, back in 2000, I can remember in my mind trying to be that perfect mom. He's never gonna see me crack. He's not gonna see me, you know, struggle. I'm not gonna mention our bills. I'm not gonna. I just want him to have this pristine life. I've come so far away from that since, you know, <laughs> since, yeah, since yeah, yeah. and not just out of out of necessity. Yes, because yeah. that's gonna drive you crazy. But also because I've realized, look, you need to know the real deal about life. Um, you know, if 
it, whatever our struggles are, we go through that struggle together as a family, you know. And and even in that, I guess it's not as serious as some of the struggles I face as a as a child. But there there's still struggles nonetheless, you know. And I think they're yeah. still learning from that. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree with you. But what, what I was saying with that is, as far as cracking, I mean, like, yes, you're going to show them, hey, no, we're not going. You're not going to get those boots because. That's not important right now. You know, I you you can let your kids know, I can't afford that. You're not getting, yeah, yeah little Johnny has them, but little Johnny's parents are, yeah. you know, I'm filthy I'm not even rich. talking about materialistic things. My kids <laughs> but, aren't materialistic like that, but I'm talking about just the emotional emotional struggles that, that like, a, like me being a single mom, might have to go through that I may have wanted to shelter them from or the conflicts in my relationships with different people that I may yeah, have yeah, wanted yeah. to shelter them from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you expose your children to those things, I think you're creating some of that strength that we're talking about the kids need. Yeah, and I think, there's certain, I think there's a way you can do it, yeah. too. Yeah. I think you have to be careful on how you do it because what I'm saying is it was a point in time growing up, hey, I can't do it find a way yeah. i'm like whoa man you know you're yeah. never going to do that to your That's kids right. no, you're going yeah. to no, you should you should though you well, should. No, but, but you're going to explain no 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 no. you just got to figure that because here's the deal right my son came home with a b in spanish we don't do b's you know what i'm saying not because of cul-de-sac i couldn't do b's you know i was raised in the hood my parents would look at me sideways i came home with a b right i think so, I know my mom knew when, when report like, cards no, was coming out <laughs> y'all my mom was three years old she carried a ruler right I need you to read that word. I can't. She was yeah. just, she was just crazy it, like that. Before but you go, is, before you go, not to mm-hmm. cut you off, and I do this every episode. I always, <laughs> the whole not to cut you off is but basically I'm gonna cut you off. But you stick to that. Mm-hmm. But let, let's get it. Let's get it. Um, before the listeners get the opinion, every cul-de-sac parent isn't great. Every hood parent isn't bad. It's true. So you know what well, I mean. I just want to yeah. get that across because absolutely. there's absolutely. great, absolutely. there's mm-hmm. great hood parents absolutely. that's basically saying, "Hey, this is all we had." Yeah. So, I had a kid right. bring a dead bird to my front door. Like, look, yeah, dude, those yeah. are homicidal tendencies. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Take, yeah, go yeah. wash your hands. So, so, so yeah, there's a lot of people in the hood that got great upbringing. You know, I think I was just kind of going from. The worst of yeah. the worst, sure. and the, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. All right, but go to ahead, clear that up, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. No, yeah. I was just saying my ADD is kicking in. I can't remember <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, uh, I think you know, like one of the things is we do have to force our kids to kind of make some of those decisions. Like I'm like, hey man, figure out this B. Well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't know the ladies over there. Yeah. And so the, his main teacher yeah. was like, Mr. Jones, go talk to the teacher. I was like. Uh, that's his grade. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So he not he got to go talk to them. Yeah, I'm talking about extreme. I'm talking about you know there's no saying? food in the refrigerator. But it, it starts there. You see what I'm saying? It starts if you're a cul-de-sac parent, the circumstances are different. So it starts there. The yeah. human brain, you know what I'm saying, sees trauma or or circumstance the same. You no see doubt, what I'm saying? No doubt, no doubt. So it, just because there's no food, it doesn't mean that. I mean, you better you can get some food now, just like you can get some love. We, we we've always figured but out. But you're how never going to gonna just you're never going to tell you know your saying? kid. There's no food in it because you're, you're at the point to Why where not? you're never going to say there's no food in the refrigerator. You figure it out. You're not going to do that. Listen, why not? Because you I'm, don't I'm have to. Because you don't have to. No, but I'm just saying, why, why wouldn't we? Listen, I understand sometimes the Sometimes you got to, you got to, no, I'm saying sometimes you got to be, listen, sometimes you got to be drastic with your kids. If you really want them to learn, I need you to figure this out. It's a rite of passage situation. You see, see the difference saying? is this is what you're going to do as a parent mm-hmm. right now. You're going to mm-hmm. say, Daddy, there's nothing to eat. Okay, figure it out. Go mm-hmm. to the refrigerator and make you something. You should, yeah. But you're never going to say, there's no food in the refrigerator. You better figure it out. And let him now, be hungry. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And that's what I mean. something like, there's no food in the refrigerator. All right, 
get one of your toys, get out there and sell it. You got some money. You see what I'm saying? You're not going to do that, though. Hey, my kids sell lemonade every weekend in the summer. No, I'm serious. I'm, I got I'm not, you, but I'm, I'm saying playing. I'm talking about the extreme. You're you not got gonna, you got to be you crazy as a man. If you want to see your kid be resilient. You I got you, but there's ways mm-hmm. that can do it. But you mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. who had to struggle, that's not going to let your kid struggle. Mm-hmm. You're not going to let your kids in that be hungry. same way. But yeah, I, but you're going to figure it away. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. You're going to figure it different circumstances. There are different circumstances in which you would do things. I certainly agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different circumstances in which you would do things. But I think all of those circumstances take a toll and i think when we start seeing those circumstances it manifests itself in a kid you know what i'm saying that's why hood kids sometimes are traumatically uh, exposed to some of the things that they see in the school like if you tell them no it's kind of like they see them as micro aggressions towards them it's like no you can't have that that's my told me no you know what i'm saying yeah. but really what you're seeing is you've been you've been attacked so much you don't necessarily see the no as yeah. just a no. You see it as an attack towards yeah. you gotcha. because you've you forced yourself to respond in this way because of your environment. A cul-de-sac kid may think the exact same way, but based on different circumstances. And so, no, they may have not been told no a million times. Or they might have been cracked upside the head a couple times, but may have been raped. You know what I'm saying? They may have been left in closets in a given, at, you know, in times yeah. of time. That's another thing. You know, cul-de-sac parents are less likely to be caught up in a system yeah. and so they're you're less likely to see their true problems because right. if yeah. if if black kids or I'm gonna say black kids, if, if kids who are in these so called hood communities go to a school and their teachers see them struggling and all that stuff like that, teachers quick to call CPS, yeah. but those cul-de-sac parents are good at hiding their stuff. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Well, and, and so what a I lot meant, of stuff goes undiagnosed. And what I meant by cul-de-sac, and I guess I'm just talking about from the experience of us three here, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't speak for all, because I'm sure we're probably living next door to someone who's probably a, a nut. Right. So what I meant oh, by yeah. just understanding oh, and knowing yeah. all our professions and knowing yeah. where we've come from. That's what I was going to say. And that's yeah. where I'm going with it. So I think when we're having a conversation, it's based off our yeah. experience and I think Patrick us. and I as educators Patrick's a principal um, uh, you know and he's he's at a school where there's all I boys I see both sides of the spectrum yeah. and yeah. He's, he's got a demographic of students of the from the right the ridges of the right rich. you know yeah. he has and doctors uh, and lawyers as parents and then he has crackheads as parents yeah, he got the whole sure, gamut sure. but, but what's interesting about what I've seen as, as an educator um, is that some of the poorest kids still have that sense of entitlement still mm-hmm. have a sense of it's i don't have to work for oh, some because things, they learn it from them they learn it. right yeah, right so it. they'll have that hover parent i'd rather stay even. at home and some of the cul-de-sac parents have the hu- kids have the hunger have the hunger exactly it, it's weird it's, it's weird yeah. how that flip-flop yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah that's why when you were it. talking about the coach who only goes to the hood i'm thinking he's missing some quality kids because yeah. i know from we li- we literally live in a cul-de-sac Man, but my kids are not yeah. you know from my perspective i don't feel like they you know I, walk around with just like this chip on their shoulder like i you know i deserve everything you're gonna work for some things i think he's i think is i think his mentality is I'm trying to find a diamond in the rough you know right, because right. out when you have money to be able to put by your kid's shoes to let him play to let him go to all the mm-hmm. you know let him go to the different teams in the AAU you go to the hood you know how it goes man mm-hmm. you go to the see I you, think that you I find you may find that diamond that in the rough on right. the yeah. you may find that guy on the on the on the um, yeah. outside hooping like man what, what's up with you man I mean, I ain't that, you know. Like, yeah. you hear a lot of these great basketball hey, players. Crazy now. All my poor kids, they get other families to pay <laughs> yeah, for them. That's what yeah, I was just getting yeah, ready to yeah, say. Yeah. You know, no, you always hear that story. My kids yeah. stuff, but that you, don't mean I could afford it. Yeah, I you always hear that. But I got some who, who you know, 
for whatever reason, they could never find that family to adopt. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you always hear that story like, man, he didn't start playing until he was a sophomore in high school and he ended up being yeah. in the league now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just like, mm-hmm. where, what was going on yeah. to where this kid? So I think that's that coach's mentality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah you. So. I definitely. But yeah, that. you know, like I said, I don't want. I, I once again, I don't want people to think like I'm trying to say all oh, Kodasak right. parents are no, great. No, we're just going and, off yeah, our experience, and that's why I wanted to have. Yeah. You know, I knew Penny. You know, we can kind of we've shared experiences before growing up, so I wanted right. to have her, and she, you know, wanted to have Patrick. Just be, especially being yeah. from Compton and yeah. seeing the great. You know, you're a principal now. That's you know, yeah. I'm sure that story. You have right. a story to tell. You know what he I mean? Does. So it's one of them. This guy, one of many. I'm a fist guy. Big up Fisk <laughs> University. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um um I you know, I just I I guess that's where we still just have to continue as, you know, professional parents that have had to struggle and, you know, mm-hmm. made it through the storm and you know, we still go through them today mm-hmm. and we just have to say we have to figure out to challenge our kids in different ways mm-hmm. other than the ways we were forced to we yeah. were forced, right. you know, now right. we have to figure out ways to show our kids um you know, the well, struggle, you know, struggle. if you fall down and bump your head, I didn't have anyone to pick me up and say, right. all right, man, wipe that off. You know, oh, are you OK? Right. You know, now we have to watch our kid fall and be like, boy, you better get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, although Absolutely. we're there to help them. Mm-hmm. But, man, get up. Get Absolutely. up. You're all right. You're yeah. all right. You know, and so. I think when you when you can. I'm sorry, Patrick. No, go ahead. When you can appreciate. Finny did it not to cut you off to you, Patrick. Not to cut you off. <laughs> but I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> but I'm going to cut you off. Anyway. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's used to that. But um, I, but I think as you get older and you can look back, like Patrick began this with I Love the Hood. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I was raising Gary, you know, and Gary mm. has that huge reputation, you know, murder capital, et cetera, et cetera. What's that street? I couldn't have. I'm on Main Street. You done? Okay. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for a better upbringing Mm. than Gary Indiana. I couldn't have asked for a better upbringing than um, than what I was given. And so now that I'm older, I appreciate that. You know, I I worked hard as hell to get away from it. I'm getting away from it. When I graduated high school, that was it for me. I have not been back to Gary to live since 1994. And that's kind of where I wanted to go. That's a whole other podcast. But what I'm saying is now that I'm older... I can appreciate that, and so now I see the beauty in that struggle. So I want my kids to struggle because I know that it made me the right. woman I am. People say, oh, you know, if, if they compliment my strength or my whatever, I know I didn't get that mm-hmm. from not having to go through some things, right. even as an adult. But you're going to have to be creative in finding a different way. But I think those make, problems yeah. still present themselves to our kids. I don't have to be creative. My kids go through some stuff. But here's, here's the real deal. I think the problems are but always going to present themselves. Because maybe not life-threatening. That's just how, and, and, and how that's history works. Yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Th- that's the way history works. These, these problems are always going to present themselves. Take, I run an all-boys school. Take manhood, for example, right? What are the rites of passage for manhood in our community now? What makes a man, right? Are, are the Facebook. men in the 50s right. going to go through the same struggles as the men? How low you can sag your pants. How many, how many likes you have? Yep. <laughs> but, but on the real, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody that's killed a lion around here. I want to see I want to see a real man. Talking about, I'm yeah. a real man because I got a nine. Man, I want to see you go to war with a lion yeah. and come out alive. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not even sure that was a rite of passage before. Yeah. But, you know, I do a lot of research on what, what rites of passage were in West African societies. And they have uh-huh. about five or six main rite of passage. Okay. One was becoming a man. And one of them was like going out into the wilderness and uh, cre- uh, completing certain tasks and bringing those back. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's, that's uh, about a universal truth around many cultures, uh, not just West African cultures. But I think, you know, when we're talking about cul-de-sac kids going through something different than hood kids, I think hood kids were put into a rite of passage that um, 
you know, that just naturally occurred because of uh, societal circumstances. And some of those cul-de-sac kids were robbed of that. But I think every kid, just about every kid is being robbed of those things now. Some of these rites of passage that we need to become the human beings that we're supposed to be. Right. And we as parents and community members or whoever need to put those things back into place Mm -hmm. so we can start creating or or molding or helping to grow human beings that we'd be proud of because we know that they've been through something. They know that they Mm -hmm. understand. Because rites Mm -hmm. of passage wasn't just to grow up a person. It was for them to know their role in society. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's another thing they're missing. People don't even know their roles. No. Not, no. I, even if they should have roles, I don't know. What are the you know roles? Right. They're but, blur lines. But we're kind of yeah. low-key teaching them anyway. A oh, man yeah. is supposed to do this. A woman is supposed oh, yeah. to do this. But it's not clear. It's always vague. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, yeah. and even with that, you know, there's there's the struggle of people not accepting who they are because you will get all the different types of um, you know, if you have an opinion on what a woman should do or what a man should do, mm-hmm. now you will get beat I'm down. Shoot you down. Yeah. yeah, you will get you beat done, down. Yeah, Society, gender yeah. neutral. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. And, and that's you know yeah. that's that's crazy. Yeah. I think yeah. that's uh, that's hurt. But the like end I of said, men, the rise of women. Read yeah, that the end yeah. of men, the rise of women. That's okay. an interesting read right there. So yeah, I just like I said, I just kind of wanted to, you know, um, and and like you said, I don't like you said, Penny. There's still struggles, mm-hmm. but I think. What made us, I don't think that our kids will ever have to go through the struggles that we went through, you know. So, Patrick, you got to get out of here. I do. All right, man, tell the crowd goodbye, man. Appreciate y'all for listening. Tell them where they can find you, Facebook. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know. I'm horrible at, you know, I actually have a degree in computer science, and I'm horrible at Facebook. I don't use it that often. Well, I try to use it more, but I'm horrible okay. at it. But you just search Patrick H. Jones the second. I don't know if you'll find any Patrick Jones the seconds on Facebook, but that's me. Cool, man. Uh, and so just I have a very generic name, but deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you coming through, Thank man. We only got a few months. Yeah, Thank man. And hey, we're going to have to have another podcast because that I love the hood. I have a problem with that. There's another. Yeah. That's another hey, podcast. Man, I love the because you know what? Man. I'm from the hood. I love what yeah. I love what it's made me. But do I love the yeah. hood? I don't know. We got to talk about that. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks it. for coming by, Thank man. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, it's, be, it's me and Penn, dog. We about to – we don't have that much longer to go. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I said, I just kind of want to, I guess, uh, kind of wrap it up. And I, I just want, you know, to everyone to know I, I had the – the guest that I had on the show today is just because I understood and knew the background and – um where where we came from and who we turned out to be. So, you know, I just want I, I don't want it to be a blanket statement that cul-de-sac parents are this way and right. her parents are that way. Right. So I don't know. I, I think, like you said, what are I, I guess a couple more questions that I have. I think what what are you as far as the I, Patrick Kane kind of gave, you know, the whole what he's you know, he will still make his kids um, struggle in a sense right. to where. They will, um, you know, give their learning experience. You know, what what is something that you do? Because I know your one of your kids is he dope and his grades are off the, right. off the off the marks, right? I so, think, yeah. So I, I always said I want to do some research in what does being an educator do for you as a parent? Because we see the best of the best and the worst of the worst in school systems. And um, I think it it really forces you to require so much more from your kids. And I don't know if that's fair or not, you know, but to really look at your own children and say, you know, I want you to um, to just embrace who you are as a human being, to, to know who you are and to be the best at whatever you choose to be, whatever that may be. And I think that's what that's what the 
bottom line in our house is. You know, it's gotcha. just that um, wh- why why do you settle for something less when you can when you can do something greater? You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so I don't know. We we I mean I, I have a deep faith, and I think that you know like a lot of a lot of what um, you were talking about earlier about people who have been through some things can say. Look, everything gonna be all right. You know, yeah. this, this is not the end of the world. Yeah. I, you know, my kids know. I say in a minute, it's 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 cool. It's okay. It's okay. We're gotcha. fine. You know, that and, type I, and of I think thing. that's a part of what I'm saying because yeah. I've had I've, I've dated a girl who was raised with papa. You know, father had a lot of money, and you know, they, they had their conflicts. So it was almost like, oh, I have to struggle. Yeah. And she didn't know. I mean, she literally was just like, oh my god, my light bills. Are, it's it's a day late. Yeah. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's what I mean. And mm-hmm. I think that's and that's kind of where I'm going with it as far as um, when we're talking about the, um, you know, the difference of the struggles and yeah. stuff like that. That's kind of where I was going. Yeah, with it. it was interesting. I spoke to um, uh, a girl I know. Um, she was a student of mine. She's in college now. She's doing just awesome things. She's at Denison. She just, um, you know pledged aka she's my heart and i was talking to her about uh this topic and she she just kept saying that's an interesting topic that's really interesting because she was raised in a um by her mom just a single family but then her father um at some point came into the picture well then he had a wife and then they mm-hmm. had children so there was a whole complete family over here and they were middle class and they had a lot of things right. to offer to to her her um, stepbrothers and brother and sister and there's a huge difference between her and her siblings because she was raised with her mother and she had to struggle and so her independence level is like off the hook you know she she just kind of just handles business and these kids over here there and they're great kids but they're just more i think of of um what we're talking about as far that that cul-de-sac kid where they're just a little bit more more dependent and they don't they don't necessarily have that problem solving mind or that peace that she has yeah, yeah yeah and i think that's where we get into where we have to the people right now that's listening or you know me and you we have to say all right we have to make sure that we don't get away from understanding that yeah. we can't allow our kids to turn into that person yeah. you know yeah. so well i really really appreciate you coming through um anything any last words any Oh, Patrick oh, was Patrick supposed to come. Ah, man, it's a story time. Yeah. Patrick had a story and he left on us. Yeah. Come on, Penny, make up one. He Come did. on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Story time. What story do I have? I'm drawing a blank, Jones. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, be good to yourself. <laughs> Love your neighbor. <laughs> Don't text and drive. Text and drive. I guarantee you, everybody listening right now, right. probably text and drive. <laughs> Well, um, I want to thank everyone listening. You know, it was a little change. You know, we kind of wanted to go with a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of more of a serious topic, which I will be doing. Like I said, I'm here just having adult conversation. We will be having um, fun conversations, serious conversations, and just being able to just, you know, you know, give the audience a wide range of information that we talk about anyway. I'm sure people listening right now probably wondered that haven't had kids or that have kids now I'm like man you know I didn't think about that or I'm struggling with that right now so basically all I can say is you know with your kids just make sure that they still have you know that humble upbringing even if you can afford you know five pair of Jordans get them one and make them work for the second pair you know whatever it is make them 
you know, make them work, make them go out and do the things that you, some of the things that you did, not maybe some of the struggles that you had that were, like you said earlier, life threatening. Right. But just remember some of the struggles you had and how it may created you to be a great person and, you know, add some of those to their life. Um, in the last words, Penny, I know you gave you a mm-hmm. quick story. Okay, I want to thank you for coming back again. You're um, thank you for having me. Anytime. Uh, please, uh, if you guys would please, please, please follow the podcast. Um, click the heart. Uh, there's other episodes that you go, go to. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, go back and listen to some of my previous episodes. You know, I think I've, you know, had some fun with this. And I want you guys to give your reviews there's a place on there where you can um type in your review while you're listening to the podcast so if there's anything that during this episode that you want to comment on go ahead and read it i'm going to start giving out shout outs to the people who do um give the give their reviews because you know i appreciate you guys so um thanks for listening again stakes is high